Hello and welcome to another episode of the Coaches Club podcast brought to you by HalftimeCover.com. My name is Danny Cook and I am pleased to bring you another outstanding but slightly shorter episode today featuring our special guest, Harry Sherman. Today's topic is going to be all about social distance sessions, uh, which is very relevant right now um, as we are almost at the end of social distance sessions as the FA have announced a return to some kind of contact training. So before we begin, you can of course catch up on any of our previous episodes on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube or our website now at halftimecupper.com but please do not go anywhere. We have got a great small episode for you to enjoy. So without further ado, let's dive straight in. Uh, thank you, Harry. Thanks for your time. Um, let's have a chat about our social distance sessions. Um, but before we do, do you mind just giving uh, anyone who hasn't had the chance to listen to your coaching journey just a bit of a backstory in terms of your roles at the moment? Uh, yeah, so my roles at the moment, I'm uh, vice chairman at uh, Kindred Football Club. Um, I coach the, I manage the men's side as well. Um, I also coach the under eight girls uh, in that club, and then I'm also um, the one of the lead coaches for the under sixteen boys at Welling Welling United. Brilliant. So, how have you kept yourself busy during this sort of lockdown period in terms of coaching? Um, lots lots of things. I mean, I think what this time's been helpful for really is sort of personal development. Um, there's been loads of like webinars, and we've had we've had sort of guest speaker sessions with uh, with some some top coaches. Um, I read we had a James Beattie on, who's obviously the ex Southampton striker. Um, he's now coaching at Birmingham. We've had academy coaches from sort of Southampton, from Liverpool, from Leicester, from uh, Newcastle. Uh, on webinars and sort of loads of sort of interesting chats we've had with uh, sort of top level coaches which have been really good um, and there's just sort of been like loads of loads of free courses that have been flying around as well um, online that we've sort of we've been able to do um, just to sort of develop ourselves um, sort of in addition to that I guess it's sort of a lot of a lot of planning and thinking into sort of next season and sort of what happened last season uh, what went well what didn't go well what we can improve on and trying to sort of get the motions in in play to um, to start next season strongly and just sort of just think about what kind of program we want to run and what kind of uh, things we want to do both as a club and sort of with our teams um, sort of going forward really. So it's kind of been like a uh, quite a uh, a lot of thinking time and contemplation and just sort of just processing emotions and processing thoughts and trying to put those thoughts into action really so um, so yeah it's, it's been busy but it's um, sort of not hands on coaching more sort of behind the scenes kind of thing mm. and you mentioned about the planning and um, obviously that the main topic of, of the podcast is about those social distance sessions yeah and uh, I mean we both know we've we've both had to run these sessions mm. um, so I was just wondering if you can share sort of your experience with them. Uh, let's let's sort of start with the challenges that you have had to face as a coach when it's come to planning and then executing these sessions. Um, I think I think the the challenge has been keeping within the restrictions. Um, obviously with 
with the FA update, we could only have five players per coach. Um, everyone's got to be socially distanced, so sort of two meters, two meters apart, not sharing bibs, not sharing cones, not sort. Of, it's just a lot of sort of things you have to abide by. Um, I think it's sort of it's it's in in a good way. It's kind of made us more creative in terms of what we've had to do and what we've sort of the sessions we've put on because it's it's not as simple as just getting into a match or just doing a rondo or just uh sort of having one v ones two v twos is is you've got to sort of engage the players and keep them interested and keep them focused and sort of really sort of work on different things that you normally do in, in sort of normal sessions. I think with um with everything that's happened and obviously the pandemic and whatnot you've got we've there's been a lot of technical focus. Um, so sort of players with a ball each or you're looking at very, very small, very basic passing patterns or a lot of or sort of maybe football fitness. Um, it's sort of, sort of more individual development than team development that we've had to sort of deal with. Um, I think for the for for the men's team it's been more challenging than for the girls. Uh, for the for the men's team obviously they all they want to do is play matches. All they want to do is kick balls into a net and that's their idea of fun. But with, with the girls it's you can do technical, very, very focused technical sessions and have a lot of repetition in there and sort of you, you make it fun for them by the way you're engaging with them. So it's not just simple it's with obviously with the men's team it's you know how it is, it's more difficult to to sort of keep them engaged and keep the keep the focus there if if there's not sort of that prize at the end of a match at the end or, or sort of any sort of, any sort of competition involved. Um but we're with the with the girls if you're sort of if you've got that sort of bubbly personality and sort of they're having a laugh and they're enjoying it and you've got these kind of like races and challenges and little little games that sort of they enjoy, they um it's it's been a lot easier with the girls than with the men's team. Mm. In terms of the the uh, the actual planning bit as well, yeah. um, as as you know, we we've spoke about it before, but um, just wondered if you shared that that view that it's actually been quite hard to find some of these sessions that are relevant in terms of social distancing. Yeah, um, I think I think, I mean, what we had, we you have like a, a core batch of sessions that you can you have in mind um and that you can do and that's sort of quite easy to come up with and stuff but i think the the i think the trouble with me and you is that we like to keep things fresh and we like to try and put on different sessions for the players so it's not all repetitive and it's not all sort of oh we're doing this again um so i think that the, the challenge for me and you has been because we've been training for sort of best part of two months now uh, since the FA said we could come back in small groups, we've we've been doing it. Um, so that's sort of twice a week. You're looking at sixteen different sessions for sort of forty five minutes to an hour long, um, and putting on something different every every session is 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 sort of we kind of got to sort of last week and we were sort of low on the tank in terms of uh sessions and sort of what we could do and sort of trying to not do things we've done before but trying to mix it up in a in a way that's was we were able to engage the players and keep them 
give them something new and fresh. Um, so that that's been difficult because obviously the, with the restrictions and everything in place, you can't. There's only a sort of a limit as to what you can do, and obviously with uh, with us having our facilities closed as well, we were stuck to a park with no goals, no nets, no nothing. So that 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 limits us further. So we can't just do like a shooting session. We had to yeah. do like passing sessions and uh, technical sessions, like a football fitness session. So it's um, we've kind of kind of been extremely restricted, um, in terms of what we could do and what we were able to do, um, and the space we had, and that just sort of added to the work we had to do in terms of the creators side and make things sort of fresh and interesting uh, for all the players. In terms of the the intensity. Um... Now, obviously, the intensity can can be hard to replicate given that there's those sessions were in effect unopposed. There was no physical contact. Um, how how did you try to maintain the intensity and the the workload of players? Um, it depends on the group you have. Like, so we had um, there were some players that just naturally brought intensity. To the team, like you have, you have sort of a few, a, sort of a few players that you tell them to dribble a ball to a cone, and they'll do that as best as they can and as fast as they can, and with with the highest intensity they can. It, the challenge was more the players that don't do that. The players that are a bit more lethargic, or a bit more laid back, or a bit more sort of need a push to get going. Um, that's that's been a challenge. I think the the way sort of that to work around it is is just sort of creating little competitions and little sort of races and matches and trying trying to sort of make things a little bit competitive um, where possible, um, which which hasn't always been easy. Um, but there there's I mean this thing is it's having the intensity in in sessions and stuff. It's there's only so much you can do as a coach. There's only so much you can push it and and encourage it and reinforce it with your players it's, it's the players that really need to have that mindset of I'm going to give everything I've got for 100% of the session and uh, that that's sort of where, where you see the differences in players as well like with what, what I've seen is that the better players do have that intensity even with the smallest of things the players that sort of maybe have ability but haven't sort of reached the level they could reach don't have that so it's more and more the players than sort of anything we can do really. Um, I guess we've benefited from having sort of players with a with a good mindset. Let's uh, briefly talk about the benefits um, of of these small sided sessions, and you know the the benefits to to you as a coach, and the benefits to to the group groups that you've worked with. Mm. Um, were were there many that you picked up from from these sessions? Yeah, I think with um obviously we've had we've had trialists come in, um. Uh, for for next season, so it's been I guess it's for us it's been a good it's good good when they've come down to sort of have a good look at them. It's been more of an in depth look than if it was part of a wider training session, um, and obviously with with the sort of the focus on. Doing a lot of technical stuff, we're a technical team, so we've we've kind of been able to see who we can see would fit in with the squad on sort of early doors um, and sort of who probably would struggle a bit. Um, so obviously on, on top of that, you've got the character of the player and sort of what they're like and the physical and intelligent aspects they bring. Um, but it's been, it's been beneficial to us because the players have come down 
that have been technically good, we've already built that sort of relationship with them and they sort of know us, we know them. And when we go into trials sort of in a in just over a week's time, we're able to have a good idea as to what they're gonna be about and it's just sort of seeing them in a in a in a game situation. In terms of uh the players, I mean the the benefit has been obviously going back to training. Um and going back to some form of, of activity and some form of some form of uh, exercise. Um, I think we've we've had a few players that have not done much in the lockdown and not maybe been able to do much. Um, so having sort of that return to activity and return to training has sort of brought about their fitness levels to increase and um, and yeah, it's just 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 sort of slowly building it themselves into it. So when we when we get back to sort of normal preseason training, we've got we've got sort of a foundation that's ready to then kick on and push for for next season. Um, just briefly, if if um, any coaches listening in who's still doing these social distance sessions, have you have you got any tips for for them in terms of how they can make these sessions uh, successful or how they can get the most out of these sessions? Uh, I think with with everything with coaching, it's about you as a coach. I think if you're just gonna stand there and bark orders, you're not gonna, you're not gonna do well. I think you've you've got to really have that enthusiasm and that passion and that uh, energy, and that will feed into the players. If if you don't have the energy and you don't have the emphasis and the enthusiasm, the things you're gonna try and do will fall flat because the players would be like, well, it's not really, the the mindset sort of it it, it reverberates around the players. Um, so I think the, with me you could do anything you could do whatever you want but if the most important thing is having that energy and having that enthusiasm and really trying to pass that on to the players and get them pumped and up for it as well um, yeah I think that's that's the main main thing I'd say and final question um, in terms of this experience with these social distance sessions have you learned anything about yourself as a coach and then secondly off the back of that have you learned anything more about the players that you work with um i think i've i think throughout this period i've i've definitely developed my side as a technical coach in terms of teaching the technical aspects and really sort of honing in on on the very specific details of the technical bits like we're looking at uh, like we went with the, with the under eight girls. I mean, we're looking at skills, and some things that I'll probably be like, ah, that's good enough. Earlier, I've actually kind of really kind of pushed it with the girls to say, no, no, do it like this, do it like this. And we've got we've got in sort of the space of sort of four or five weeks, the girls are really really developed in in their skills and what they've done is they've gone away and practiced it, the way I've told them to practice it, including the little minor details, and they're getting the minor details right now. And that that means their development in the long term is much much better. Uh, I think that that's that's definitely um, improved. Um, I think I think the the way I plan and the way I the way I structure the sessions and sort of what the way I set them up is is. I want to say it's improved massively, but it's kind of just something I've been working on, um, with the. Uh, sort of socially distant sessions as well. But definitely the technical side, I think, is the biggest biggest thing for me. Brilliant. And and your players? Have you learned anything more about them? I, I, I think you mentioned earlier, obviously, you, you're seeing a bit more 
technical side of things and it helps with trials potentially yeah um i think i think with them i think it's been it's been interesting to see how they've come back really there's been some players that have come back that they've they've bulked up and they've sort of you can tell they've they've spent this time working out and sort of uh kind of hitting i want to say hitting the gym but hitting the weights and sort of really sort of building their their physique up um there's been some players that have been doing runs and also been building the cardio side of things and there's been some players that just haven't really done anything and there's i mean that 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 for me it's it speaks a lot in terms of uh the player and it's just not not really as the person but as as the player and how committed they are as players um, obviously, I know things get in the way, and we've got other th- things going on. There's been a lot going on, but for for the younger ones, especially those that sort of speak about wanting to play at high levels, there's some have been doing this work at home, and there's been some that haven't been doing. And the players that speak about being high level players that haven't really been doing much, it's like, well, what are you doing? It's uh, you've got you've got players that have been doing spending this time running every day and sort of building their physique every day and doing their only little technical things every day to keep it on top of things and those players will be much much better set up for the new season than players that have just been sort of sat watching netflix and playing playstation day in day out um i mean that that's that's one thing that i've learned a lot about some of these players um and sort of i guess i guess the relationships between some of them as well um like obviously with the with the small groups you've got sort of different players coming in for for the groups and obviously we've we've kind of sort of set different groups as well and mix things up a little bit and sort of the there's been players that have come back from lockdown into these training sessions that have been sort of part of groups that i wouldn't think they'd be part of socially and and that's been interesting and they it's been it's been quite nice to see how easily they fit in as well when they probably wouldn't have been part of that group if training carried on as normal uh, mm. because they would have been part of another group just by sort of habit and just by because everyone was there kind of thing yeah and uh, so it's kind of sort of forced new groups to merge and sort of new socially uh relationships to be built and stuff so that's that's been quite nice as well good good minor one for me would be uh just the sort of the cleanse cleansing of equipment and mm. how appreciating how long that takes that process and how much care has to go into making sure that everyone is safe yeah yeah, um, I think that that's gonna be. I think obviously you got when when training comes back. There's there's gonna there's a guidelines in terms of sanitizer and and sort of obviously no changing rooms will be allowed at first. And so when when games return, there's gonna be a lot of changes, which will be interesting um, to deal with. And that's gonna be a whole new set of challenges to manage to deal with. Yeah, be fun. <laughs> yeah, that'll be another podcast. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, <laughs> Um, okay, thank you very much for your time, Harry. Um, just before I, I leave you, um, let us know your social media so that anyone can follow you. Yeah, uh, on everything, my, my username is Hazza7272. That's H-A-Z-Z-A-7272. Okay, brilliant. And the club? The club? Kinja FC or Welling United FC. Take your pick. <laughs> Kinja. Brilliant. Okay, thank you very much, Harry. Cheers. You can also follow Halftime Cuppa on Twitter using our handle at halftime, all one word, then underscore cuppa. And my personal account is at dannycook1996, which is all one word as well. 
As mentioned at the very start of the show, all of the previous episodes are available now to catch up on on our website, halftimecupper.com, as well as iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. Simply by searching for Halftime Cupper, we will be one of the top results on your screen. Thanks again to Harry Sherman, who shared his views on social distance sessions. I hope you enjoyed that one. Next week, we are back to the My Coaching Journey. We have Andre Diaz-Riez, who is going to share his journey in terms of coaching. He also comes from a basketball background. So this should be a really interesting one to get a different sports perspective. So until next time, stay safe and goodbye.